Attention team campers, we now have Yule Lad specific merch for the holiday season. If you'd like to celebrate Icelandic style, please follow the link in our description for our Tee Public storefront. If you'd like more from camp, we are also now featuring bonus episodes for patrons for a small fee. As ever, we love to hear from you, so please tell us your ghost stories by emailing us at letterstocamp at gmail.com. You can also help us out by reviewing and rating us on Apple Podcasts. We know you have many spooky podcasts to choose from, so we thank you for choosing Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. The episode will begin shortly. Hi. Hey guys. You're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. This is a podcast where we tell you true scary stories. My name is Katie Wiggins. I'm Morgan Campbell. I miss Halloween. I'm going to say it. I do too. I feel like we all rushed full-heartedly into Christmas cheer. And then it has just beaten us down. Yeah. Maybe I should put up my Halloween decorations again. So swiftly. Honestly, if I pretend that it's just fall, suddenly everything becomes more appropriate. Ugh, but it still feels warm. But I can at least mentally accept that if it's fall. I'm like, yeah, well, it'll cool down after Thanksgiving. Let's just all rewind. Oh, I played a new uh, spooky-themed board game recently. What was the premise? It's called Mysterium, and I play a lot of Paranormal Investigator, which we played together. Uh And everyone who knows that I play that and love that say that I would love Mysterium. It's very similar. So we got it. The vibe is, like... Uh, clue, like, who done it kind of situation. You're the ghost trying to express who killed you, where, with what. Mm-hmm. But it's, everyone has different scenarios, and you're trying to get them to answer all the questions right. And the only way you can communicate is via these cards that are just pieces of art. And you as the ghost have to try and be like, oh, this picture of, like, a monkey on a hill is going to obviously tell them that the cop killed me. You know, it's like you have to, like, I'm sorry, know how your you friends interpret art. This is a whodunit paranormal investigation game where the only, where the ability to interpret metaphors in art is the most prized skill? Yeah. Uh, doesn't sound like it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard when you, like, don't know how your friends interpret art. I feel like I could play it with you yeah, pretty well. I live in a world of metaphor. It's very confusing. <laughs> no one has a damn clue what I'm talking about, ever. <sighs> anyway, what um, what are you talking about? What are you going to talk about? Oh, ghost, baby. <laughs> okay, I'm listening. <laughs> so we're still on this crazy kooky oh road trip. Oh my god, Morgan, I completely <laughs> I, forgot. We've got what we were doing. <laughs> quite a few states to get through. I don't know when I'm stopping. What do you mean it's to when get I run through? Out of gas. What's the destination? Who knows? I'm not sharing. I vote Maybe for it. I, don't I vote for it to be the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. But I don't think you'll take that <laughs> vote into consideration because Morgan is a chaos god. <laughs> so we started in Wisconsin, mm. then we went to Iowa, mm-hmm. then Missouri. Yeah. And we last went to Kentucky. Yes. Next is Ohio. Oh, wonderful. A lot of, yeah, a why lot not? of iconic haunts in Ohio. A lot. Or just, I'm just thinking of one, but I think there's a lot. <laughs> 
There's a lot. There's a lot. And a lot of it felt very familiar to me. So I think I've seen a lot of content or we've talked about it on here. Yeah, I think Eastern State Penitentiary is in Ohio, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, they have that huge penitentiary. Yeah. Yeah. It took a lot for me not to pick like an asylum or penitentiary. I really wanted to find something like small. They have quite a few. (laughs) Too many. (laughs) Too many. It seemed like the Rust Belt's like biggest export a hundred years ago was crazy people and not like car parts. I'm like, I feel like we're interpreting history wrong because they're never investigating a haunted, you know, Ford factory. It's always gotcha. the plethora of asylums yeah. dotting the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is in what used to be a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's dark. Yeah. Um, I got it from a show called Ghost Nation. Have you ever seen this show? Who's to say? Probably. It looks like every other show. Right. I used to write descriptions of the people that were in the paranormal crew, but at this point, like, they all look the same. They're all wearing all black. This whole troop, they were all wearing this, like, a different same black hat. Like, one had, like, a page boy, one had a ball cap. <laughs> they do have fun hats. They do have They do. Fun and hats. there's always, the main guy is usually pretty bald. Yes. With, like, a weird facial hair situation. Uh-huh. So almo- Very much almost this. like a less flamboyant Jackson Galaxy. Um, it's like is if 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 his, if his flamboyance went in a in a paranormal direction instead of a a rock star turned cat. If behaviorist. you guys don't know who he is, please they look him up for the Jackson love of God. Galaxy is good. Good. He's an icon. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he feels like a fever dream. So, this show, the whole premise, it's Jason Hawes, Steven Gonzalez, and Dave Tango. Wait, those and, are those are the ghost hunters. Well, they're in the show called Ghost Nation now. Yeah, those guys are like, oh, gee, I told you I had a crush on Dave Tango. Dave Tango is the cutest. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I haven't checked in lately, and their vibes could, you know, paint a different picture. I mean, besides the clothing, he's a cutie. But when I was, but that's his when I was like ten years old. I was like, I'm going to marry Dave Tango and we're going to have, you know, get married in a in a haunted church or whatever. I've never fantasized about getting married in a church, but you know what I mean. But for Dave, I'll make an exception. <laughs> and they didn't, like, harp on their – they didn't really go into them being professionals that much. They could have really hyped them up, I feel like, in this show. For sure. They're kind of they're, – they're truly legends in the ghost investigation. And like, I never, like, they, watched the stuff they were on, really, so I didn't recognize them at all. Well, they set basically the template for how, like, almost all ghost investigation shows go now, except for they do a lot more debunking than – They do a lot of debunking. I really enjoyed that. I love that part thrill. of it. What a thrill. It feels like you've met my cousins. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so nice that that you two haven't have interacted, and that makes the premise for the show even better because this whole this show's whole gig is that they respond to urgent calls from local investigators who have reached dead ends on trying to help people and they need help with high stake contacts. Oh, so they're like you know they're 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 the pros that people call in when the local pros aren't don't have the tools wow the experts the true experts and this show started in 2019 so it's pretty new so this is in waynesville ohio which is like 
I think a very typical small town Ohio situation. Um, the property that they've been called to is a former 19th century Catholic church. They uh, were called by a member of the United Paranormal Research Organization, and they teach uh, weekly paranormal classes at the local museum in Waynesville, Ohio. And they started the show with the crew walking in and giving like a guest lecture to this class of like, bring your flashlight, don't fall. And it's most likely not a ghost. Like, make sure you debunk everything before you assume it's a ghost. Oh, wow. Which is pretty cool. I was about to say it's giving Ed and Lorraine Warren vibes because they started out doing, you know, touring lectures about being like, identify an ectoplasm, number one. You know, but but this this feels much (laughs) different. I, I enjoyed the show. There's not a ton of pageantry. That's not their way. So the clients that they're here to help are Adam and Jonah Powell, who bought their dream house, which was this 19th century church that was converted to a home and a business for them. Mm-hmm. And um, Adam, he's got like a beige, a light beige, like sweater hoodie and like white peppery uh, facial hair. Mm-hmm. Very like, I live on the coast. I'm an old timer. Mm-hmm. And his wife is giving me very much his granddaughter. Who, like, runs a southern boutique. That's the vibe I'm getting from her. They're a weird couple. Uh, is she as young as his granddaughter? Looks like it. I don't know. She looks way too young for him. Damn. At least his daughter. Damn. Made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Not a fan of the May-December romance. Morgan <laughs> Campbell. Down for the count. <laughs> Keep your hoodie sweater away from me, Grandpa. They're, the team is talking with the paranormal investigator who's reaching out for help, and he's kind of going through information that they gathered and experiences they had to kind of help inform the team and get them some information, some background information. So one of the things they really talk about in this episode a lot is when they were outside of the church, there's a teeny, teeny, tiny, they call it a shrine. It's pretty much just like a little outdoors area for prayer. Right. There's like a statue and some greenery. It's not huge. And there was no one in the shrine area, but they were outside looking at it and they took a thermal picture Mm -hmm. and it caught like what looks like a hooded person with their arms kind of crossed close to the camera, maybe facing them. (laughs) And nobody was there. Um, And it wasn't like a statue, obviously, or anything. No. And when they were there, they didn't see anybody like taking the picture. They thought that nobody was there. So they love this image. They bring it up a lot. They also got an EVP in the basement of the church with a, all the EVPs they get are the same kind of voice. It's dark. It's breathy. It's really creepy. And it said, hey, help me. Uh, Yeah, it's. (laughs) So they brought in a medium who sensed that there was a priest on the premises circa 1930s and that his name was Jim. Oh, God. I had a father, Jim. Jason immediately is not trusting it. He said, hmm. Like, I don't think he's buying it. They said that in the basement, the medium sensed like a 10-year-old boy named Thomas. Someone said they actually saw the boy himself as a ghost. They saw him in the room. Just a lot of weird stuff going on. The medium said that the priest, Jim, was having an affair from someone 
in Waynesville and that Thomas was most likely his son. (laughs) And she picked up that the son Thomas had a tragic accident in the basement and he had died in the basement of the church. Oh, God. So the family believes that Jim is the negative activity that they're experiencing. Um, The family's really upset because their 18-year-old daughter refuses to live with them. She stays with the grandma because she's too scared of the property. What has happened on the property? Like, do they get, like, bangs and knocks and whispers and that sort of thing? Pretty much, yeah. They're going to go into, they're going to walk through and kind of explain the activity room by room. But I would say it's nothing like crazy, crazy, unless there's stuff that the daughter just isn't talking about. Because what they say in the show is like a scratch, a knock, a voice. So I think maybe more stuff has happened to her. Or she just doesn't want to live in a church. <laughs> Which I can't blame her. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some like on like Restoration Home and some shows where people have restored old churches to be dwellings. And it's really hard because churches have like super high ceilings and you have to divide them up into rooms and like decide if you're gonna like reimpose a ceiling onto those rooms like it's it's really weird too much yeah and this they really didn't put a lot of it didn't change a lot of it they walked in and the so the outside it's a very like small town church it's in the town center it's really long it's got the steeples like it's very basic um you walk in the front door and it's immediately the antique shop that they've set up for their business. And it's just, it's kind of like when you move into a house and you go in the attic and it's full of the previous owner's crap. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like stuff everywhere. Um, and they also, she, the wife runs a printing business out of the church and they didn't really show the There's a the Kinko's home in area. the church? She pretty much. Oh, she prints like t-shirts. Oh. She does like lino printing or whatever. Wow. She's, she's everywhere. <laughs> she's, she's a girl boss. She's an yeah. entrepreneur. <laughs> They were saying that before moving to this house, neither of them had ever had a ghost encounter. Of course, the husband was a skeptic. And it still sounds like he is a skeptic, even though he's actively asking for help because there are ghosts in his house that he has seen. He's a skeptic. Um, So a little teeny tiny bit of backstory. The church was built in 1877. That's what the family knows. Uh, They loved it for its architecture. They kept the original floors so there's a lot of history in there then they started to renovate it a little bit to convert it to like a house and a workplace and within a week of the renovations they quote said all hell broke loose they started hearing footsteps whispers then that started building to seeing shadows um they actually in the main church area which is the most active they hear candles dropping and rolling which I don't love. Don't waste um, your penny lighting one of those. Jeez Louise. <laughs> uh, and they also very strangely constantly hear their front door open and close. Oh, gosh. But the weird thing is it has a four pound counterweight. Ooh. <laughs> there was a part of me being like, well, the foundation could be off. Yeah. <laughs> the draft could pull a door closed, you know, but. Yeah. I mean, even in extreme crazy winds, I guess that could work. And that was a thing that they immediately picked up on and they wanted to debunk mm-hmm. was the front doors. Yeah. Um, they've also heard a young child crying in the basement and they've seen the child in the basement, a young boy. Um, they hear voices in the backyard shrine area. Ugh, God, uh, a church basement? Yeah, Ew. none of it's none of it's good. 
The medium thinks also that Jim locked up his uh, affair child in the basement to hide him as a secret. Oh, now we've got all the hits. She, we, she's really hit. coming with every, every kind of spooky dynamic. It's, you know, he yeah. was deformed, so they kept him in the <laughs> attic, but he still bang bounces his ball, you know. That yeah, I figured when it was priest and young boy, I was like, there's two ways this can go, and I know the medium's going to pick one of the two. Yeah. There's just no other options. <laughs> yeah, but it would be very controversial to... To insinuate yeah. an improper rel- oh. relationship, but um, but locking them up in a basement or an attic is like a really surefire, you know, yeah. it's a classic for a reason. People love it. Yeah. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> so another experience, um, one night Jonah, the wife, was printing shirts alone <laughs> in the building. Sorry. A sentence I never thought I'd oh say. Oh my God, in a, in a holy place. <laughs> And she she started to feel really uncomfortable, like she felt like she was being watched. Then she felt a rush come from behind her. She felt a stretch, like a scratch, just a mark on her arm. Mm-hmm. She ran to her husband and they watched the several inch scratch turn red. Mm-hmm. They showed a photo of it. Um, that's the point where they felt like, okay, now it's escalating to violence. I'm a target. Um, we need to fix this. Like, she, Jonah says the worst part is that she can't provide her child with a safe house. Like, that's her job as a mother is to do that. She can't. She feels awful. So, we're gonna get the crew in. We're gonna have them help out. They immediately were, like, discussing the medium's input and, like, weren't super sure about everything she said, but they were gonna take what she said and kind of roll with it on night one and see if they got any hits back from ghosts. Well, they could also see, like, the history of priests who had worked. And they do. <gasps> they do after their first investigation. Detective Katie is on the scent. <laughs> um, so they've only got that first name, Jim. Um, so they got a list of priests from the archdiocese assigned to the location and in the 1920s there was a priest father james o'brien yeah which you know jim james common nickname so they're the family's pretty sure there's that connection and it's definitely this priest is there priests are so so they can be so so funny and weird i had a father jim i really did that was the first (gasps) ever priest I ever went to. Oh my god! And he, his hair was balding in the exact formation of like a, a monk's shaven. <gasps> you know what I mean? So he it meant to be. He, so he had this like very Benedictine balding, and <laughs> um, and he preached with such a bizarre and pointed oh, no. theatrical oh, no. projection. And God said no. <laughs> and that was my first experience of being um, spiritually enriched by a priest. And it is just so fucking funny. <laughs> oh, my God. One of my favorite things to do with my friends who grew up in, like, a religious school but are no longer of that religion is to be like, the body of Christ be with you <laughs> and with your spirit. Oh, just- <laughs> hearing 
the priest's Christ. singing voice was always such a <laughs> such a thrill whenever you went to like a new or whenever they had someone different to oh, the yeah. Christmas mass and you're like, oh, here we go. He's going to sing. What's it's going it to be like? a long time and I don't know what words he's going to elongate, but I'm here to find out. Yeah, I feel like Father Ben was kind of, you know, I don't really remember his singing voice. It seemed pretty, you know, he didn't, he, there wasn't a, he there wasn't a lot of flair. No, he was yeah. singing was. <laughs> he let the bells do the talking. Yeah, it was not how God called him to express his gift. <laughs> Um, but Father Jim really, he held it out. Yeah. Amen. You have to take your moment and shine. Oh my god. You never know who's in the crowd. (laughs) And who's going to be podcasting about it later. (laughs) Decades later. If you're listening, Father Ben, at least I I remember a single eulogy given by, not eulogy, um, homily. Homily. I remember one of the homilies that Father Jim gave. I do not remember a single, single single homily Father Ben did, and Mm -hmm. I had him for way more Mm -hmm. years. Not a single one. Most of my life. Not a single one. I remember one homily. It was my first day of high school. It was our first church mass. And the old priest was talking about how the girls from my school in his day were uh, influencing the boys at his school to commit suicide and that it was our fault. And then there was a gas leak in the church and we all had to evacuate (laughs) mid-homily. And that was not the act of God. (laughs) Oh my God, that is so funny. Who would give that homily to an all-girls school? You know, in my day, women were evil. (laughs) <laughs> and they still are bitches. yeah it was it was very strange i did not enjoy i hope it was a student who pulled the fire alarm like i hope, I hope- so. <laughs> or burst a freaking gas pipe exactly. it's like a literal sign from the universe that this must stop yeah really oh my god <laughs> catholicism <laughs> scary and when i saw that this was an episode with the priest i was like even if he just stands there as a ghost, terrifying to me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God, the vestments. There's just, just so much to it. Okay, so, so, uh, so <laughs> what, what, were we, what were you saying? I feel like we haven't had a real meaty sidetrack in a while. I'm glad to, I'm glad to give our, <laughs> glad our reviewers something to, something to talk about. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, a little insight into us. Oh, yeah. Oh, they'll hate it. <laughs> they will hate it. <laughs> Hey, we put up with a lot of years of that talk singing. <sighs> Truly, and what did we get? Okay, <laughs> this moment. Continue. So, so we've got. Um, they're going to start the investigation situation. So Pat, the Powells are closing up shop, and they're leaving the home for a full week so that the team can have full inner like investigative. Oh, wow, access. that's a really long time. Really long time. Um, and I don't know if that's normal for this show. I haven't seen a lot of it, but. I think they, like, take their time, which is great. So they've got cameras in all the main areas. You've got the main church where you've got the footsteps, the shadows, the front door, the candles rolling, all that jazz. They've got the basement where there's the alleged bastard child situation. Right, of course. You've got the backyard shrine area. And they brought in Sherry DiBenedetti. I don't know if you've heard of her. (laughs) No, but she sounds like she'd be part of the crew. She does. Very, like, New Jersey vibes. Yeah. And I love her. And she's just there to kind of help review the footage, 
And they gave her a great introduction and they really didn't have to because they don't bring her up at all after, but I'm very happy they did. Yeah. Like, they seem like really good guys. I don't know. I liked it a lot. They do. And they employ Italians. It's important. They're important, (laughs) yes. (laughs) They do a lot for the community. (laughs) So they, uh, they start their investigation. They've got Dave alone in the basement. Of course. It's nighttime. There's no lights on. He's asking if that child Thomas is there. If you're here, can you let me know? Are you trapped? And meanwhile, we've got Jason and Steve in the main church area, and they're asking for Father Jim, Jim O'Brien. They asked him about the scratching that they think he did. They ask, uh, are you living in the church? It's really quiet in this building. It's creaky when you walk, but it's very, very, like, tall ceilings, very quiet. Um, They mention how they're not here to ask Jim to leave. They just want to have a conversation. And then they catch this EVP that they also heard in person very loudly it was a, it was that same scary mumble talking voice and it was so alarming they i feel like it's very rare to hear it in the room and on the evp yeah. usually it's just evp oh my god what did it say so, they're freaking out they bring uh dave up from downstairs they listen to it over and over again their hands are shaking they're getting really excited <laughs> it's <laughs> it said hallow be thy name <gasps> really clearly which I don't like, but I love! Oh my god. Glory be. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then they all just recited the rest of the Lord's Prayer like they were unraveling a, <laughs> a secret. Like they had found the, the sacred tome and they come, were going through the pages. and like will be done. Hey, hey literally it's out on us. earth as it is in heaven, guy. <gasps> This day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we as forgive, we forgive those, those who trespass, trespass us. It makes so much sense. That was a hundred percent accurate to how this conversation. <laughs> I had so much fun with this. I can't. So that's all they got the first day. They sent Dave to meet with local parishioner John Barney. To get more information on the history of like this church in the in the archdiocese, so I was very skeptical when you bring in like a member of the church and it's potentially talking about something with like a sordid past of a priest. You never know like how honest they're gonna be. That's fair, but people also love drama. People love drama. This man did not look like he lived for the drama. Well, it was very serious. Man. My grandpa is he's he's a he's a lifer. It is a it is a solemn hobby. Yeah, I'll just keep to my Sims. You can ring your bells. Yeah, isn't your grand your Mimi is also she has the solemn hobby of. Oh yeah, she's a KJZT member, which is like a <laughs> <laughs> like a Czech Jesus group that I did get a scholarship from for writing an essay when I was in school. I was a member. Uh, a really interesting essay, Morgan. Spoke from the heart, did you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say no to some scholarship money. No, for sure. <laughs> so uh, Dave is talking with John and he's asking about this priest and if he knows anything about his history. And John is saying that he's heard about this priest. He's heard the name from historical research but doesn't know anything for sure. He's like, I can't confirm whether he had a child. 
I don't know any of the history of what he did in this church. I don't know a lot about it. But he welcomes Dave to research in their office since they had some, like, document library moving around. Okay, so Dave decides to go do some research in the office and see what he can find on his own. Meanwhile, we've got Jason and Steve at the property looking into debunking this front door situation. They're investigating the door, kind of playing around with it, trying to recreate stuff. And while they're doing this, they get interrupted by what I call them, a local old timer. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This woman, Karen Campbell, former librarian, current historian of the town. I guess she heard about them investigating and coming and she wanted to give her her piece. And she says, there's pretty much every building in this town has a ghost story attached to it or an alleged ghost story. Um, And she noted that in 1879, just a couple years after this church was built, there was a terrible incident in Waynesville. Three women were axe murdered. By a man, Willie Anderson, he murdered his mother, her sister, and daughter. And the bodies, this is a little gruesome, so fast forward like 15 seconds if you don't think you can handle a little bit gruesome. The bodies were trapped in the house for like a week before they were able to recover them. And the blood would not come out of the floorboards. The next week, the railroad workers found Willie shot in the head. They deemed it suicide, but you never know if it's just a couple good old boys that you know, wreaked some vengeance. And this happened down the street a couple houses over from the property. Damn. What is it with murders happening, like, adjacent to a church? That happened with your Kentucky Stain episode. And also there was blood stain. Yeah. This is a gruesome road trip, Morgan. I know I've said it before, but this is a gruesome road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Soon we'll get... Maybe somewhere with a little prettier view, but not for a while. I'm not sure if I'm interested in that at this stage. (laughs) So James has got his inform, or um, they got the information on the priest. Dave did his research. He confirmed that there was James O'Brien at this church during the 1930s time period that they suspected. But he was doing some backtracking to see if logically it made sense for him to have had an 8 to 10 year old child. And it would have been in the late 1920s when he would have had the child and he was posted in Switzerland at that point. So they're pretty much debunking the child storyline. There might still be a, you know, ghost kid maybe, but not priest son ghost kid. I mean, and wouldn't the community like be weird to you if you were a priest with a son like and he hit him in the basement (sighs) oh right of course the most convenient (laughs) and safe place to hide your son in your workplace no one would ever find a child in a church basement um so they decide that's how the phantom of the opera got there did you know that (laughs) i love the phantom of the opera um so they decide to kind of ditch that storyline and going forward with their investigation they're gonna go forward as if it's the axe murderer maybe he passed on and he's lingering at the church to try and get some resolution so he doesn't go to hell or something Jeez Louise, there's also the option it could just be like a church parishioner who died and wants to hang yeah, around it could like- be so many if ghosts have any kind of say in where they go i can like I can see people haunting a church that they worshipped at along yeah, a lot, long part of their life. For sure. 
I can see that. So it's day two. Um, once again, pitch black, no lights, nighttime. They're trying to talk to Willie. And they're being really uh, a little bit rude about it. They're talking about some things that you did. They're uh, kind of shaming him for the axe murdering, which is fair. But they're also trying to piss him off, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And they're walking around with their thermal camera to see if they can see like a person pop up. They ask if he's in the church for forgiveness. And then they go in the church garage, which is a very funny thing to have. I've never thought about a church garage. <laughs> and they grabbed an axe and they presented it to him asking, you know, what you did was horrendous. How does this axe make you oh, feel? God. How does seeing this make you Clap feel? Work. Take it from me. <laughs> of course, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. The next day, they're reviewing their evidence. They didn't really get anything. They want to research more because they're thinking maybe it's not Willie that's here. Um, I mean, that was kind of a long shot. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very long shot. I think that's why they're here several days, so they can just exhaust all options. (laughs) So they do some deep digging into the history, and they found a man, true local old-timer, whose family has been in Waynesville since its early, early days. Um, his name's Milton. And he talks about how uh, the Quakers went from... They they came to Waynesville to get religious freedom, to leave slavery, all that good oh, stuff. Oh, I love and, Quakers. I'm glad yeah. they're part of the story. I hope they fare well. Axe murderer, priest child, Quakers. We've got it all. So in 1807, the Quakers Rogers don't family have moved there. They have a society of friends. D- don't talk about Quakers that way. So dismissive. <laughs> so the Rogers family moved to Waynesville. They were Quakers. And they had like six members of their family die of cholera. And after the father died... The Rogers father died. The son of the family sold their land to the archdiocese in 1877. And that's when the church took over and it became what it is today. So that, wait, that was the land that the church was built on? Mm-hmm. Was this Quaker, was Quaker family home. who's... Who, yeah, with all these deaths oh. of like young people and the father. That's an interesting lead. And they brought up the picture that they loved so much and they were like, maybe it wasn't a hooded priest outline maybe it was a quaker oh yeah 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 i've seen i've seen the oat box yeah so it's very that so they're thinking (laughs) they they want to re try to recreate this image with the idea that maybe it's a quaker so i thought they were going to pull out full costumery and they did not (laughs) they did not they uh (laughs) it was nighttime they went to the little outdoor area they've got one of the guys with this hoodie up and he they're like okay stand here that doesn't look like it face the other way now kneel like you're praying now squat now turn around face us and put your arms like this yes give it to me give it to me beautiful gorgeous no no you've lost it (laughs) very that and then they like were able to recreate the image i was i don't know what that does for them but they're thinking that it was a person kind of kneeling like they're praying with their arms crossed staring at them that's scary yeah there's a few things which in life are sweet and indicate 
like would maybe give like a oh and then the moment that a ghost does it you're like that's not okay and those are children doing anything yes living existing, yeah doing something you know you see a child skip a hoop and you're like look at him go little chester but the moment that child dies and does it as a ghost it's it's like from from the devil himself the christian it devil. touched the doll <laughs> it wants to play with a doll that sick little freak um that twisted bastard and prayer i mean that's something that you would see with reverence and with respect perhaps um mm-hmm. But the moment that a ghost is doing it, it's like, who are you praying to? What dark angel do you serve? <laughs> so <laughs> we've got the last night of investigation. And this they really were doing some wild shit this night. They were like doing a photo shoot. And now they're in the house. And I've never seen an investigative show do this. They've got a fog machine. <gasps> I know, it's a little rock star. I kind of love it. And their point is that, like, if there's a ghost, you know, some ghosts, like, do a whoosh of wind, they run past you. They would run through the fog machine so you'd see the disruption in the smoke. I feel like fog is like physical white noise in the sense that it gives them something to work with, like particles to manipulate. Oh my god, this is such pseudoscience and I love it. I love it so much. You can create so many interesting things with fog. (sighs) It's it's super and cool. They also and they smell in, like, a particular way. Uh, oh, I love, love the smell a fog, of fog machine. <laughs> and it's like pitch black, really tall ceilings, a bunch of random, random antique shit all over. the <laughs> And they're place. like, and we're gonna turn on these lights just just for um, their temperature gauges. And it's like, just putting on a full Trans Siberian Orchestra performance. Jesus, they're. Using this fog machine, blowing the potential Quaker ghost's mind, <laughs> who have never seen anything like that. It's a church. Hey, you don't know There's that. No there are two types of fog. Advection <laughs> fog, often form. <laughs> That's a deep cut joke for our, 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 our weather, weather fans. episode fans. <laughs> fog is fascinating. No need to be it paranormal. Truly is. So they're... They're walking around, asking it to disrupt the fog. They're flashing the flashlight, looking around. They're asking for the Roger family members, specifically Joseph, Samuel, all the ones that they got the names of. And they do hear a really loud clank at the front door. It sounded like there's a bell when it... Oh, so you hear the clank of the weight and the bell. And they heard it, and they were not far from it, so they looked, and it never opened. So they run to the front door. They open it. No one's anywhere nearby. They're in, like the town center but where the church is it's very open and you have to walk through their large very empty parking lot to get to it so they would have seen someone like run off i love that it's just someone like you know (laughs) taking in their laundry from the line down the road is looking at the church and someone opens the door and fog billows out and they're just like backlit (laughs) you know where it's like wearing a headlamp ghost nation vans parked in the front it's like what the fuck is going on there so they're talking about cholera as one does they're asking for seth rogers and they are just talking trying to get a response and they find an area where the fog seems to kind of be going around a spot 
and they got their EMF out. It was dropping. It wasn't anything crazy. But then they started to feel that the area was incredibly cold. And they would, like, move their hands around, and it was warm except for that spot, and the spot was moving a little bit, and the fog was moving with it. And that was the end of their investigation. They got nothing else. It was kind of a quiet experience, but the things they did get were really weird and kind of threw them for a bunch of different directions of what it could be. Yeah. And the the wrap-up interview is so wild. So it's Adam, Jonah, and their daughter, who won't live in the house anymore. And they're talking over what happened. They're talking about Father Jim and the child Thomas and how they don't think that is what's going on here. They talked about Willie, the axe murderer, (laughs) and how nothing came about that. Um, Trigger object. That's what it's called. They brought in a trigger object. I love the parlance. (laughs) (laughs) They talk about the Quakers and how they're pretty certain it's Quaker ghosts. And they can't debunk the door. They they truly think that something paranormal is engaging with the store, which I love. They played the Hallowed Be Thy Name audio again, which is just haunting. It's so good. And then they straight up gaslit the wife on her scratch. They were like, you must have just, you know, high emotions. You're printing t-shirts. You scratch yourself and freaked out and didn't realize. I mean. Maybe. It does happen. It is a strong possibility. It does happen. You know. You yeah. do have, you know, little scratchy things right at the end of all of your fingers. Oh, the amount of people who, like, bruise themselves and don't even realize till it's formed days later and don't know how they got it. That's just, like, how life is. Yeah. So I, I'm but, very sympathetic to that read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I do feel bad. Like, I want to know what's happening with the daughter. Because if her stuff's incredibly dark and negative, like, she won't live there. If that's what's happening, <laughs> they need to know. She may also just, like not want to live with them and that's fair no. and that might be why she didn't like talk at all on tv yeah she had nothing to say she could have been like i don't really get along with my fucking parents and i don't want to live in their creepy kinko's church they said there's nothing here that's gonna hurt you or cause you harm and if there is give us a call yeah that's that's kind of their their whole thing i appreciate yeah. that because it's like not incredibly active but what is active feels just like blips of cycling energy like things that are just like happening that are echoes of the past kind of vibe and i think we may forget that because it happens so little in ghost shows now that most people who live in what is purported to be a haunted residence don't actually want to have a scary ghost they don't Mm -hmm. actually want to have you know the prince of darkness in their sitting room yeah so when to have someone say i don't think what's here is going to hurt you and i think you're fine and this is pretty mundane that's actually a huge relief to a lot of people yeah they seemed really happy yeah, which you don't realize you know you as an audience member you're like oh i wanted yeah, someone to fun. go to the emergency room at the end of this episode you know for <laughs> entertainment value but if you're living there you know you just want to print your damn t-shirts and sell your antiques so yeah that was my haunted but okay quaker catholic church i love that what would a quaker be doing in a catholic church though i mean that's not their vibe they don't they they were outside hierarchies man oh yeah true they were outside i'm really disappointed there wasn't like a costume change that would have been a nice touch yeah but no they've got their (laughs) designated hats and they're going to keep them on but as far as this road trip goes, this was a pretty low-key 
a little breather of a state. Oh, was it? Revisiting Catholicism? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for others it wasn't so bad. <laughs> Maybe we'll go back to Kentucky. No, we can't go back, Morgan. Oh my god, we can't go back. We're just gonna backtrack. We back, We're just gonna back. go back and forth on this route. Oh, jeez Louise. I could do it too, but I'd have to tap into some Ghost Adventures content. Because that's their, this is their zone. I wouldn't begrudge you that, but backtracking feels, you know, this is Candyland. We move forward. So, <laughs> all right, guys, have a spooky night. Filled with restless dreams. Of spooky church grim things. <laughs> Oh!